Welcome to the Farm Team Podcast, presented by HockeyAI.tech. I'm your host, Elliot Sheen. I'd like to take this opportunity to acknowledge that this episode was recorded in Calgary, Alberta, on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksika, the Pekani, the Kainai, and we also acknowledge the Sutina and Stony Nakoda First Nations, the Métis Nation, and all the people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. Thank you. In today's episode of the Farm Team Podcast, I'm honored to be joined by the center left wing for the Hellbronner Falcon, and the 2020 Paradise Canyon Men's Club Champion and Rodeo Enthusiast, Judd Blackwater. Judd recently signed a new deal with the Hellbronner Falcon, which will mark his 14th professional hockey season and will achieve the milestone of playing in 700 professional games in seven different countries. Judd and his family are extremely well-traveled and have been major contributors to his success from the very beginning. Born and raised in the Treaty 7 territory of the Blackfoot Confederacy in the Kainai Nation, Judd played his minor hockey for the Lethbridge Athletic Association, where he proved to be one of the best players early on. At the age of 16, Judd earned a roster shot to play for the Crozenest Pass Timberwolves in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, which then propelled him to the Western Hockey League, where history was made. He became the WHL Memorial Cup champion with the Spokane Chiefs in 2008. He finished with a career 171 games played and 114 points spanning three seasons in the WHL. On top of his incredible point production, Judd is one of the is the first to stand up for himself and his teammates and is ready to answer the bell whenever it rings. Naturally, Judd made the jump to the professional ranks and spent six seasons split between the AHL, ECHL, and CHL in North America before heading overseas to join the HK Nitra of the Slovakian Professional League. In his second of five seasons with HK Nitra, Judd and the club celebrated with winning the 2016 Slovakian Extra League Championship, where he led the playoff scoring race. This past season, Judd was able to play in Hungary, Romania League, where he won the league championship with fellow Canadian Colton Yellowhorn. Needless to say, Judd has become a true professional in sport and serves as a tremendous role model wherever he goes. His athletic ability and desire to win have provided him an incredible opportunity to pursue his passions and inspire the next generation of hockey players, golfers, and steer wrestling ropers. I'm excited to have him on the show today to talk about his hockey and life experiences and to learn more about his perspective on development of an athlete. With that, Judd, welcome to the show. <clears throat> Thanks, Sheener. I uh, appreciate the intro. Wow. Yeah, hell yeah. Cool. <laughs> what, what's the uh, outlook for the 2021 men's uh, Paradise Canyon Club uh, Championship? Well, since we got back so late, COVID, we had to quarantine for like, it was pretty much a month. So yeah. um, I'm not going to be down in Paradise this year, just kind of yeah. golfing with buddies. But it was, it was a blast last year playing down there with the yellow almost every day. Hell yeah. Were you a member down there then last year? We were, yeah, we were both members down there last year. We we tried to golf as much as we could before we uh, left to Romania. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So what, what's that tournament like or like the championship like? Is How many members do they have at Paradise? Well, I, I couldn't even tell you. I don't know the exact numbers, but it was uh, it was really fun for sure. Me and Yellow, we thought we were both going to play in it, but he uh, he backed out last second. It was hey. um, It was a lot of fun to get back in that competitive um, atmosphere again. And uh, the, the back nine on Sunday was, uh, was pretty fun. I, yeah. I, I saw you, you went 74, 69. Uh, so what was yeah. that second round like for you? I played with the, the leader and yeah. um, we just kind of, it was kind of back and forth until, um, until the, uh, I guess you say the 11th hole, he hit his, he hit his, uh, you know, the drivable 11 yep. paradise. Right back, off the end there, yeah. Right off the cliff there. And I hit three with two uh, just over, and he pulled his out of, out of bounds. So it kind of took a took a turning point right there. And um, 
I managed to make a couple clutch par putts on the, the final few holes and uh, pulled her off. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, that's such a crazy experience, like going through the team winning championships and now you're by yourself and you kind of have to navigate around the course. So it must have been a pretty cool experience of trying to capture that championship individually. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's just my com competitive nature, I guess. It's, yeah. I, I love that feeling, the uh, the pressure, the, you know, when you're in the moment, just, and then you, you execute and it's, yeah. that's, there's not, there's not a better feeling than that. So true. The execution piece, Hey, like everyone wants to put themselves in that moment, but once you're in there, it's like, now you got to do it. And under that pressure is where you thrive. Definitely. So Definitely. learn a lot about yourself. So what kind of got you into golf? Obviously I remember like growing up, you're always playing a lot of those uh, youth tournaments around Lethbridge and, and area, and you're yeah. putting up like sixties back then. So, you know, what, what really got you into golf and um, <clears throat> what were some of the mentors along the way? Um, well, it, it was, we lived out on the reserve just outside of Lethbridge and, uh, we have a lot of open space out there on a ranch. So yep. my brother, he wasn't, well, he was into golf, but I would just grab his clubs and, you know, whack the ball around out there. And, yeah. you know, before you knew it, I was hitting it like 150 at like 10, 11 years old. And I was like, my brother was like, damn, this kid's pretty good. Let's take him yeah. to a course and see what he can do. And I just kind of picked it up. Uh, I wouldn't say on my own, my brother definitely showed me the ropes, but. I picked it up on uh, my first course was Bridge Valley down yeah. the little par three down in Lethbridge. And, and I just enjoyed it so much that um, uh, I ended up getting a membership to uh, Henderson and yeah. they had a good junior program back then. And I just played as much golf as I could and just, um, just got better and better. Cause you were playing with Seto for quite a bit too, right? Like you guys would kind of go back and forth. Yeah. I, I would always go out to Tabor and, and play with him. He was uh yeah, he was competitive too, so it was always funny. A long ball hitter, good golfer too. Yeah. Um, but uh, mostly it was, um, I guess I got really good because of my uh, my one of my best friends is Mitch Fox. Yeah. He's 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 like he's a professional golfer. He uh, he's working out at Speargrass Golf Course right now as the assistant pro, and he's you know he consistently shoots sixty mid sixties every round. So. It was me and him, you know, battling at a young age, which uh, which helped my um, game for sure. Have you came out to Speargrass to play it? Yeah, there's a there's a skins game there every Tuesday where I try to go up and uh, get out there. It's a fun oh, yeah. course. There's a uh, six par five, six par three, six par four. So it's you know right up my alley. Would you say you enjoy golf like more nowadays than you did when you were younger? Um, I just I. I I don't like so much going out and just practicing. Yeah. It's kind of hard. I, I like going out and competing. Like yeah. if it's for a couple bucks here and there, you know, it's, that's, that's the best. Or like, uh, you know, golfing on the weekends with your buddies, having a couple of beers. That's yeah. nothing there. Yeah, I know for sure. Yeah. Practice, practice is hard for golf. That's, that's no, no, no kidding there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you grew up obviously in the Lethbridge area and played uh, your brother, Cassie's a few years older than you. So you kind of had uh, a little bit of a separation, I guess. So he could kind of lead you down the path that he went. Um, was he playing hockey too when uh, you were kind of a youngster and growing up and kind of got you in the rink? In, uh, in my that brother? Sense? Yeah. But my brother, he, he wasn't, um, he played hockey for sure. And he was, you know, he knew a lot, of, he knew a lot about the game. At, at a young age and um he kind of you know he set the bar for me he was you know told me what to do and he played a big part in my early years for sure my, my but also my dad was a huge yeah huge hockey guy he was really good um uh i guess you could say he was a you know a, a res star back yeah. in the day 
and he was he was I always heard stories how good he was so they always wanted me to play hockey at a young age and um it just uh I guess 10 11 years old saw something in me and they just kind of ran with it yeah oh yes so your dad did have a little bit of experience playing hockey familiarity with the game yeah Yeah, so you gotta was he also a goal scorer like yourself he was, yeah. yeah. He, he he likes to talk about himself all the time. So I <laughs> all these stories. It's 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 kind of funny, but I wish I could have. I guess I did see him play at a young age, and but yeah. that was you know a small rec tourney. But yeah, I mean that's the the cool thing about hockey is that you can play from your youngster all the way up, you know, growing up. And obviously, also congrats to you and Cordy as well with uh, the recent birth of your daughter. I mean that was probably a pretty Thank you. wild year with uh, you know playing overseas and and having a, baby, a new bit newborn. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was, uh, it was definitely an experience. It was, I, I couldn't be happier with, yeah, uh, yeah. with her family and Courtney. She's, you know, she's doing an amazing job. Um, and how easy she took it to go over overseas with me and yeah. had our baby Burke and well, Burke, Burke's been amazing too. She's just, you know, always has a smile on her face. It's, it's been a, it's been an awesome 10 months. Yeah, yeah, she does. She does a great job of posting your guys' travels online. So you gotta you see everything on Instagram and all that. Yeah. Uh, what was the year like for you guys? Obviously, it was a little bit of a chaotic year at the start, but you you landed on your feet over in uh, Romania. Um, you know, what was that like going over there and having a chance to actually play during a COVID year? It was. Uh, I didn't know what to expect at first. Um, um, I went over two months early before my family joined me. Yeah, but like yellow was there with me and uh we knew the coach and i mean romania is romania it's um i guess uh it's not as um luxurious as you know countries like austria or germany or stuff like that but like the people there and the organization the coach the staff everyone was just awesome amazing i'm so glad i went uh people were so nice to me and my family and it was it was just it was a it was a really good experience yeah it's cool and you know, we can talk about it uh too as, as well just the the idea of hockey in different countries and the level of support is pretty much standard throughout everywhere like you, there's always a hockey fan base somewhere right yeah. so whether no matter where you are but uh in romania were you living in like a major city or was it a kind of a rule no it was uh it was it was a city it was smaller yeah i'm not sure the population it would I guess similar to uh, just smaller than Lethbridge. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. But it was it was like four hours from major city uh, Bucharest. So um, yeah, it was it was uh, and the trip to um, Chicxulub was Chicxulub crazy. Yeah, Chicxulub. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to pronounce that word for a while. I couldn't and, get it figured uh, out. But the 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 plane ride you fly into Bucharest and drive to Chicxulub, yeah. and it's if it was a main road, it would take like an hour and a half, but it's windy roads through mountains and it's, it takes four hours to get there. So there wasn't much traveling we like to do because yeah. of, uh, you know, the windy roads, but it was, um, it was definitely a good experience. Yeah. yeah. And so how did that, that play out then? Cause I looked on elite prospects and had Romania league and then the Estra league or whatever kind of separate broken into two. So did you guys start in just the Romania league? No. So what, what happened was we, we played in the Ursa League, and that was like the main, the main goal, main focus. Yeah. And then we would play. Um, there was a Romanian league, which only had, I would say, seven, eight teams, maybe less than that. But there was only three good, four good teams. Yeah. That would compete, and the rest of the teams were like the 
import players or good players didn't necessarily have to play. Sometimes we'd even go and play a few shifts and yeah. then get off the ice because they were like, I guess, like, uh, you know, beer league teams almost. That's what Orban was kind of saying. It was just uh, the way it played out this year without having that import. The imports, like a lot of teams wouldn't spend money on that. It just kind of it filtered it down. But it's, so it kind of led me to believe that those leagues over there kind of re- rely on that import player coming in um, to draw the crowds and produce points, I guess. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. In terms of with uh, Yellow, did you guys know beforehand kind of wanted to play together or was it just kind of a luck of the draw? Yeah, well, that was a plan. Um, we finished last year in Slovakia, or the previous year in Slovakia, Nitra. Oh, yeah, with uh, Steger and Mitch. and Both Stegers, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was really cool. But that season was cut short, unfortunately. So we thought, well, we, you know, I think it would be a good time to try to get on the same team and play the whole year together. And we uh, fortunately got really lucky. And yeah. um, with the help of our, some of our buddies, we kind of just uh, – communicated a way to um get a deal to um romania Hell so yeah. It was, yeah it was really fun uh, it was uh yeah it's definitely uh we were excited yeah sure. was there a lot of import guys that you kind of knew before uh, that didn't end up playing this year and kind of was forced into retirement in a way i i didn't really keep too much tabs but i knew it was there was going to be like situations like that yeah. so you know both thought well you know let's let's get it while it's area. Yeah. yeah, well, it's there. Exactly. So it worked out well for us. Yeah, it's cool. You guys won the championship too. Mm-hmm. Were able to hoist the – that was it. Uh, were they selling tickets to, to the games yet or was it still empty barn atmosphere? It was, it was empty the whole year. There was a few, like, uh, I guess, family members of the owners would yeah. come in and watch the game. So, um, But by the end of the year, it was um, – not full capacity, but they let uh, they let the wives, the girlfriends in, and uh, owners. So there was a little atmosphere at the end of the year, which was nice. Yeah, it made it fun to celebrate with someone, especially your family and all that. So Definitely. awesome! What's the outlook uh, for this upcoming year? Sorry. Going to Germany? What's the outlook for this upcoming year? Going to Germany? Yes, um, my my coach Jason Morgan, who uh, uh, in there in Czech Sherda, got the job there early. Awesome. And he, um, yeah, was fortunate enough to um, be on his radar, and he he's taking me with him. So I'm uh, really lucky that that uh, yeah he considered me. Sure. What have you been to Germany before and had a chance to explore around? Yeah. Uh, well, no, not much. I went to play an exhibition game there, maybe once I think, yep. when I was with um, in the Austrian league in the Ebel league. And um, I just remember it being a beautiful country. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The Just like with the Alps and Italy and all that kind of central, like in the southern part. Where is Hellbronner? Is it, where's it based? In? I haven't had, I haven't had time to do my research on it. I, <laughs> I just, I could be wrong, but I think it's near Frankfurt. Okay, so probably a major hub there then. Yeah, it's close to a major city, I'm sure. Well, that's it's, it's incredible that you've been able to take your you know hockey path to so many different countries and see a lot of different things. So, is it something that you kind of thought about when you were a little bit younger of trying to go overseas and, and wanting to play in Europe and be able to explore around via hockey? I, I mean, no, not not at first. Um, I've always wanted to play in the NHL. It was yep. uh, it, it didn't work out that way and I guess you know the further you the older you get 
you just, you realize, well, maybe we should take this path. Yep. And Europe, you know, Europe is a great place. I hear a lot of good, great things from a lot of different guys and, uh, and travel the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's always been a, you know, it's always good to see new places, meet new people. So it's been, I've been really lucky, really fortunate to have uh, played in all these places. Yeah. I mean, obviously you spent five years in, uh, the, is it Nitra? Is that the city name? Nitra, Slovakia. Yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll never, yeah, I'll never forget that place. They, they were, they were so awesome. The yeah. fan base, the crowds were amazing. It was, it was, yeah, it was definitely one of the best times of my career. Yeah, what about a crazy situation to be able to play with the first Steve brothers and, and Yellow just in, in one season? Hey, like obviously it's shitty, it cut, got cut short, but what was that like for you? And what did it mean to you to see that those guys are still playing, you know, 13, 12, 13 years after you, you parted ways back in minor yeah. hockey? Yeah, well, it, it, was, it was definitely very special to um, play with your um, childhood friends at this age. Yeah. It was, uh, it was so cool. It was, it was amazing to see Chris play, you know, yeah. play alongside him now after he's, and he's, he's amazing. Like I, it gave me chills watching him play. He was so good. And it was, it was such a, um, it was such a treat to watch him play and play alongside him. So I'm very grateful that that got to happen. And also yellow, yeah. that was an amazing goal scorer and, you know, still is. And, um, and Mitch too, you know, it yeah. Was, uh, it was a definitely a fun year. It was, it's sad that it got cut short due to, you know, COVID, but it was definitely a good experience. Were you guys like primed to make a playoff run that year? Uh, well, we, we didn't have the strongest of teams to begin the year. And we were, uh, I think we went through like two or three coaches uh, at, during that span. So, um, but you know, playoffs is a different, is a different, uh, different game. So who knows? Yeah. With, uh, you know, with those guys, we could have, uh, I think we could have made something happen. Yeah, it would, be, it would have been awesome to have that experience going through a playoff run with Steger, like just to see what intangibles he can bring to the team. Definitely. Uh, it's probably pretty cool just to even see like just the different routes that every of those guys went on. And then like you said, he got chills watching Steger play, just seeing how he developed in that path. So what an incredible opportunity for you guys. Um, let, let's back it up though. And uh, kind of talk about your minor hockey experience and, um, you know, making that jump from minor hockey to the AJ at 16. I mean, that's a tremendous accomplishment that not many people get. So what was that experience like kind of for you uh, growing up in Lethbridge uh, minor hockey and then making that jump to a, a local team call it in Alberta in the Alberta league. Mm -hmm. It was uh it was definitely a jump. I went from uh, midget double A straight to uh, junior A as a yeah. sixteen year old, and um, at that age I was you know immature, young. I didn't uh, I didn't take training too seriously or my diet, so it, it kind of showed. And um, but like I ma I managed to you know squeeze squeeze out the best that I had yeah. with what I had. So. Um, did you know Kevin Higo leading up to it? Um, no, I don't believe so. I think I just got invited to camp and then kind yeah. of, I think I had a few like, few tilts and he might have, you know, might have caught his eye and he might have liked me. Yeah. So, but oh, Kevin Higo was a, he was a, he was an amazing coach. He was definitely played a big part in my, um, my development. 
for yeah. sure. Yeah. That was when uh, Ev made the team that year as well. And we were kind of, we, my dad and I, we drive out to the Crow's Nest for pretty much every game and Kess would be there, yeah. your, your parents too. So it was awesome to watch you guys go from that midget double A program right yeah, into the think, Alberta league. Right. I think I played with Everett for like three, three straight years during that span. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was cool. Definitely. Um, we kind of, yeah, we kind of came up the same way. So it was, it, it was, it was, a, it was different for sure. Playing in Crows' past. I, I didn't know what to expect. And I was a young kid and, you know, took, uh, took me a, a while to get adjusted, but you know, it all, it all kind of worked out. Cause you, you weren't drafted in the Bantam draft of the dub, were you? I, I did. I went third. Oh, round, I, yeah. I went third round to Lethbridge and um, I Hell spent, yeah. Yeah, I I spent three years trying to make Lethbridge Hurricanes because, you know, growing up, you go to all those games and you're like, wow, you know, you see all these guys and you're just starstruck and you want to play in that league so bad. And, and getting drafted to Lethbridge, I, I was like, I just wanted to play so bad, but I wasn't I wasn't mature enough to realize what it took. And yeah, uh, it never worked out. It, uh, I didn't um, really figure it out till I guess – Till I was 18 years old and uh, by yeah. too late. Yeah. So I mean, it was pretty cool at 16, make the, the AJ and then obviously was the NCAA kind of on your radar at that point or like, was the dub kind of where you really, really wanted to focus your attention? Well, I was, I was trying out in uh, Lethbridge and that wasn't working out. So yeah, I, uh, um, I played with Hego for two years Yeah, and it was you know, get your SATs and try to get a scholarship kind of thing. And at that time I was playing golf too. Yeah. And that was, you know, that was on my radar. So, uh, but I never really was too engaged in high school. So yeah. I, I don't know. I was, um, I uh, got the call up to Spokane when I was 18 and yeah. going down there and going into this big NHL size rink and going up to the press box and seeing all the, you know, you just get like, you're like, Whoa. Yeah. Especially in America. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I guess I just, you know, I decided to go that way and it worked out. It worked out really good. My 20 year old year in Spokane, we, uh, we won the WHL championship and, and the Memorial cup. So yeah. Yeah. Let's relive that that year. So, did you get traded to Spokane from Lethbridge, or did they release you and got picked they, up? Yeah, they released me, and then I had a I had a really strong start to my eighteen year old year in Brooks. Yeah, and they brought me down for a, I think it was like a seven game tryout, and they liked me enough to keep me. So I just I just rode it out. What was what did you what would you say you did in those seven games that earned you a spot? Oh, well, I had a couple big fights. Yeah. And I think that was it. And I was just, I was just trying hard and hitting guys, but like I, my 18 year old year in the AJ, I had, I think 20 goals in 28 games. So I was a scorer yeah. and I get there and it, and it was like, guys were bigger, guys were faster. It was, it was harder to score goals. So I had to you know do something else. And that was your 18 year old year. You said, yeah. 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 So I mean, still relatively young in, in that league. Um, but then, yeah, going down there and seeing like a new barn, Spokane Chiefs organization must have been awesome. And Billy Peters was a coach at the time, was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you did you know him from Lethbridge at all? Or actually, yeah, he he let me skate with him. Uh, uh, I my start of my seventeen year old year, I went up to Canmore. Yeah, and I believe I was with Everett there too. Yeah, I think he after yeah. the Crows Nest, he went to Canmore yeah. for a, a 
half a year, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, we had some coach up there who didn't really like me. So Bob I, Miller. Yeah, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I got out of there, and uh, yeah. he go, he go. He was trying to trade for me, and during that little stretch, I skated with the pronghorns where, yep. where Billy was. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What a great coach. I think that was a, a perfect situation for him down there. And, and I was looking through that team. You guys had some uh, pretty good players. I actually ran into Chris Bruton not too long ago and, but obviously Tyler Johnson just went in a cup too. And in a row. Watching, yeah. Two in a row. Right. So uh, what was that like joining a team like that? I mean, also you don't know who those guys are going to turn out to be later on or even like success that you're going to have. Uh, but what was it like to join that team as a kid from Alberta coming down to uh, Washington? It was, well, like I said, going in, like the, the first I got in there late one day and I didn't play the first game, but I sat up in the press box and watched. Yep. And there was, I think 8,000 fans. I was sitting up, you know, there was, they were giving me free food up in the press box, just looking down. And I was like, Oh, this, this is amazing. Like uh, I'd love to play here. So, um, sorry, I'm just going to plug this in really quick. Yeah, no worries. <sighs> Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, it was just a really awesome situation. And when I got down there, the guy, the guys were, you know, they treated me really good. It, it was definitely hard to get adjusted yeah. at first, but the billets there were amazing. As I say, how are your billet family? Well, the first year I lived with an older couple, um, yeah. I was there for a half a year. So it was, it's, I can't think of their name, right. But their name right now, but I, I could, yeah. For the majority of my time spent down there was with John and Laura Enquist, yeah. and they had and they were amazing. I still talk to them to this day. They're um, like, oh, I'll never forget them. They're like a second family to me. For sure, yeah. It's the those are the kind of people within the game of hockey that really that provide the support to allow kids to accomplish their dreams, right? And like open up their doors to to a kid that they don't even know, but they know that it's going to have an impact within the community. It must've been pretty excited for them, even just to go through that experience with you of winning the, the Memorial cup. Yeah, definitely. They, they're, uh, they were just the nicest people like to, you know, invite me in their home and just accept me as one of their own is yeah. I couldn't ask for a better family. Yeah, I still appreciate what they done. So what was the uh, first like part of the regular season like for you guys? When did you kind of realize like, fuck, we got a good team here. We might be able to make a, a run. Obviously, there's a long season. A lot of things can happen. But I feel like throughout the season, you always hit those moments where there's a moment in time where you're like, hey, this is going the right way. And then it just builds off of that. Yeah, it, uh, we, all, we all said collectively it was the game against uh, we played Vancouver on the road during a during a, I think it was a seven game swing through BC yep. and we played Vancouver, the defending, uh, defending champs. And we beat them two uh, one in their barn. And you said you met Chris Bruton and yep. he was the, he was the star of that game. He was, he was amazing. He was, I would have to say he was one of the best captains I've ever had. Really? Hey, I, I saw there was a fight you guys had later on too. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, <laughs> That's uh, yeah. I could talk about that later, but uh, yeah, Chris was he was he was amazing. He would do anything for the team. He every he was liked by everyone. He you know he talked with everyone. He was uh, he do like he scored goals. He hits. He fights. He he was he was amazing. He was definitely one of the key um, key ingredients to our uh, 
winning form now for sure. So he really kind of found his stride, I guess, in that game and allowed to solidify that leadership within the, within the team dynamic at that point. Definitely too. And then we just, we just, we just rode that high for the rest yeah. of the season. We, uh, we just kept seeing the ranks. We kept getting higher and higher. And then before you knew it, we were in playoffs and winning games and feeling good. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Cause you also, you, you win the first three seasons or series and then you get to the finals against Lethbridge. So that must've been a pretty incredible experience of being able to go back and, and play Lethbridge. Yeah, you know, it was, it was really cool. I was super excited because I knew we had a strong team and I knew because we just had a battle with yellow and the Tri-City Americans, seven yep. games. Yeah, with yellow, right? Yeah. And we knew, we knew like, wow, if we get through Vancouver and Tri-Cities, like, mm-hmm. you know, we could, it just, it built a lot of confidence for us. And we, uh, we came into Lethbridge and swept them. And it was, it was amazing because I was, I spent three years trying to make that team and yeah. to beat them in the finals, my 20 year old year was, it was just, you know, it was something. Sure. So did you guys, uh, was it, you open up the series two in Spokane and then came to Lethbridge for the final two? Yeah. Or yeah. We, the sweep, uh, I guess. Yeah. We had a strong first two games and then, and then the third game we were down, we were down a goal late in the third and Chris Bruton scores this, oh, amazing goal to tie it up out of nowhere yeah like he he walks around ben Wright, the captain at the time and and goes cheese and we i was just like wow like that's just chris bruton you know like the yeah. stuff he would do is it was it was huge for us and we won an overtime and then um took game four yeah it's cool just to see that like guys will, will stand out and just the success they have it just kind of makes sense at the time you're like you, you earned it right so especially when you get late in the year like that when there's championships on the line things happen for a reason right it's all about preparation but beforehand so uh, but it was cool probably playing against some of those guys that you knew from Lethbridge uh in your hometown um and then be able to to, to win it in four there in front of your friends and family definitely um even some of the guys that were still there when I was trying out, like, uh, like, well, they had a strong team too. They had Dwight yep. King and uh, Sevier, Mitch, Ben Wright, you know, uh, Banks, Carter, Banksy. Uh, who else do they have? Mitch Wall. No, no, Mitch Wall was on our team. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, they had. Uh, how, I don't know why I can't figure this out, but Carolina played in Carolina. He's from. Oh, Boychuk. Yeah, Boychuk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A strong team too, and um, it was a good battle for sure. But uh, we had a strong team. Tyler Johnson was, uh, I think, he was the MP- MVP of that series. He scored a couple of huge goals. Were there any guys from your draft um, year playing in Lethbridge at the time? Um, my draft year. So, like, if you went third round, who were their first and second rounders? That was there any oh, one that was still playing for Lethbridge? No, no, no. That my, I remember the guys before me were like Michael K, Kenny Petkow. But um, no, I don't think they, they all had moved on. They had a yeah. different team, yeah. Well, that must have been so exciting. And then now you have a chance to go to the Memorial Cup, right? Yeah. And uh, out, out east. And that was one of the big debates. I've talked to Drew Owsley earlier. And he's like, uh, the idea of the Memorial Cup and how it's so hard to win for teams out west is because the travel leading up to the Memorial Cup is insane, right? You're going from Spokane to Lethbridge. Had it gone to seven games, you're going back and forth like that. But you get to go to the Memorial Cup in, was it Gatineau or, or Kitchener? It was Kitchener, yeah. Yeah, and then play teams that have kind of been really just close to each other and have battled those, those uh, playoff series out like, or out. So what was it like going into the Memorial cup um, as a team that, you know, obviously you guys were somewhat well rested after coming off a sweep, but 
you know, going in and out playing in those OHL and the Q teams must've been pretty awesome as well. Yeah. Well, we were definitely, we were riding a high and, and confident, but we knew the teams that we're going up against and we did our, you know, we did our video, we did our research and they were like, they were amazing team. Kitchener was supposed to win every game. Yeah. And we had a, we had an amazing goalie. Um, and we just had a lot of depth. Yeah. And I was looking at a roster. It looked like that. And we managed to, um, to shut down the, their top players and, um, yeah, and our goalie Tukarski was just sick. Yeah, so. was was a highlight of your tur- the tournament. The I was looking at the box scores. He scored a power play goal in the final game. Uh, yeah, to open I'm, it up. Yeah. Oh man, I'll never forget that. It was huge. We were uh, we well, we beat Kitchener in the uh, I guess round robin. Yeah. And, and we waited for them in the finals, and uh, they scored an early one, and yeah. we were down one nothing. And then I remember Andre Roman just taking it wide beating one other demon and just throwing a no looker short side. And I just, I was just there. I just had to pretty much knock it in. Yeah. But it was a huge goal. Got us, got the boys rolling. And um, yeah, we ended up scoring a few after that and taking it. Yeah. That must've been, what was that feeling like when you were hoisting now the second trophy that year and the biggest one that you're going for. And then also too, like, was, what was the, like, team goal, I guess, call it the start of the year, obviously winning Memorial cup. But what do you think really led into, to that as a, as the team that went from the WHL championship to the Memorial cup, well, obviously the leadership was solidified, but there's other guys that probably are stepping up that uh, really took, allowed you guys to, to capitalize on your opportunity. Yeah. We, we just had, we had so many different ingredients to, to win. Yeah. There was Tyler Johnson. We had big, strong D amazing goalie goal scorer and Drayson Bowman, Mitch Wall, Andre Roman. Like there was just so many different stuff you could say, but everyone just bought in yep. and our main goal is to, uh, to win. So, yeah. And you had 31 goals that year. That's insane. Yeah. And I, I had a strong playoff too. It was just, it was yep. kind of at the end of the year. I just, you know, something just clicked uh, playing on the second line with Andre Roman, and David Rutherford. It was, uh, we were kind of the secondary scoring and they just, they just kept pouring in and, found my awesome yeah it's just incredible like i mean that there's talk that that's one of the hardest trophies to win in sports which is right up there and just be able to see like your success of being able to do that way he he won a memorial cup with vancouver yellow obviously was right up there competing against you guys so just that local talent that was able to go compete for those uh, big championships must have been just incredible yeah it's amazing to look back and see you know, you don't think about it at the time, but to look back now and see, you know, the, the locals of, of what, you know, their accomplishments, it's just, yeah. it's amazing to see, like, uh, you grow up around that and it's, uh, to compete against it, it just helps out each other. and You just build off each other. It's really For sure. Cool. Yeah. And there, I mean, if there's one guy that's prouder than anyone, it's Steger. I mean, I had him on the pod here and he was talking about just growing up with everyone and playing in Lethbridge and, all the success guys had. So it really is something, I don't know if it was something in the water in Lethbridge or what, but it really uh, just the passion for the game there was incredible when we were growing up. Definitely. It's not like, um, it's not like Calgary or Edmonton. It's like, it's just, everyone was so, uh, you know, the little games we have in the summertime where we just, you know, we pick up on each other's skills or we see someone doing this, you see someone doing that and you just kind of, you know, run with it and learn off each other. And I think that was a big, it was definitely, for me, it was playing in those games against like Chris Klinkhammer, Daryl Boyle, 
Setaguchi, you know, playing against them and seeing all the, you know, cool shit that they could do and just yeah. kind of, you know, knew like they had what it takes to get to the next level and you just want to try and uh, emulate what they have. For sure. So in terms of that, like, do you, obviously you're back in Lethbridge now for the summer. Do you uh, get on the ice with, with the kids at all, or do you uh, help out with Wacy and his power skills camp? Yes. We're, we're talking about getting some going here at the, uh, the end of July, I believe. Yeah. So looking forward to that, but lately I haven't no, um, with COVID and everything, it's hard to get ice. So even myself, I haven't been able to get on the ice yet this year. I'm yeah. just still just, uh, just started training. Well, not started. We've been going for a few weeks now and uh, yeah. catching up with family and friends and golfing. Yeah, I think it's critically important that you, what you guys are doing just to help out the next generation of players and showing them that there is hockey outside of Lethbridge. So if you you know dedicate your time to get better and be a good teammate, yeah. that you, hockey can take you a lot of different places. So it's great to see what you guys are doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's now you know at the tail end of my career, I really want to reach out and. Um, and help the younger kids for sure show them you know show them give them my knowledge of the game i think i know know a few things that i can help out with and um if you know if anyone ever ever has questions like they shouldn't have a shouldn't have an issue just uh reaching out to me i would for sure yeah so in terms of that uh i saw boogie blackwater your, your nephew he's in the the junior ranks right now and obviously a really shitty time to be going through the junior programs here in lethbridge but uh Point production is right there, so he'll probably have a pretty good look here in uh, for one of the junior programs. Is there any? Has he signed with any teams or anything? Um, nope, not right now. He's just he's working on his uh, working on his fitness and yeah, and strength. And um, yeah, he's he's a big boy though, and he's yeah. got a lot of skill. Smart kid, so I you know I'm not worried about him. He's gonna. It's great. Yeah, he'll have, he'll definitely have a chance. Uh, hopefully, once these uh, leagues figure out what they're their start date is and have all the regular season lined up. It should be a good year for them. And it's really shitty that it happened. A lot of kids didn't have a place to play this year. So we'll see yeah. what the trickle effect will be, but. Yeah. He, yeah, he'll, um, yeah, he's definitely a smart player and um, it is unfortunate that, you know, the, the timing and everything, it's just, it's tough right now. So. Yeah. But, see yeah, the Okotoks? They're, they're in Calgary right now. They're in Calgary. Yeah. And my brother, they're, they stay out in Calgary now. Awesome. Yeah. It seems like the hockey in Calgary is starting to pick up all the, the rinks open back up. So I'm sure ice time's going for pretty, a pretty penny right now just to okay. get back out there. But uh, yeah, no, that's great. So what, uh, what's the outlook for, for the rest of the summer? You got, you got any golf tournaments coming up? I actually am getting ready for one this weekend with uh, yellow and uh, Houston. Yeah. Garrett Houston and goalie uh, played out, played in, um, playing hungry this year. We played against them. Where, where is it at? In foremost, the Rattler. The Rattler. Oh, you see Benny Wright, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably, yeah. We'll see a few guys uh, that I haven't seen in a long time, but um, it'll definitely be fun, and hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, make some putts. Yeah, hell yeah. What was the? Uh, what would you say is your best uh, or favorite place that you've played so far in Europe? It, well, Nitra, yeah. for sure, just because I was there for five years, and uh, – the fans were great. Organization treated me like amazing. It was, it was a good time. Yeah. Um, so I, I got to say, Nitro. What uh, What's the plan for when you do retire? I mean, obviously, you probably have a few more years if if you want to go play over there. Is it something that you we think about coming back to Canada, call home base, or? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. We're going to. Um, we're not sure where we're going to reside yet. We're just kind of you know filling things out right now, getting 
getting situated or trying to get situated in a, yeah. a permanent spot, but um, we're um, we got a few things lined up. Uh, wouldn't mind getting into golf or yeah. you know, continuing uh, hockey in some way. So we're just trying to plant a few seeds and figure something out. Yeah. I mean, you got a, a great uh, background and all that. So your experience will, will definitely lend it to itself to land in a, a great role, whatever you're doing after, after hockey. So I didn't, you're a guy that has a lot of different interests as well too. So um, I'm sure when that time comes, you'll be able to figure it out. So what, uh, what is your rodeo experience? Like I know Kess is a big uh, rodeo guy himself. So uh, was it something that you grew up in? Yeah. Kind of was, in that environment? I, was surprised, I was surprised you mentioned that in the intro, I'm not much of a rodeo guy. I, I was at a young age, but I kind of just, I leave that to yellow and my brother. They're, yeah. they're into that stuff. Yeah. They like getting dirty. What uh, do you guys have a, a farm that you? My, my dad has a ranch, yeah, on the yeah. reserve. He's a, you know, um, takes care of cattle, fencing, you know, yeah. horses, all that stuff. Do they uh, participate in the stampede at all? No, not stampede, but the uh, local rodeos around here. You know, yellow, yellow. And my brother are, are they have rodeos every every weekend, pretty much. Yeah, he's always posting shit about that. It's it's cool to see. I mean, it's uh, the rodeo is a really awesome experience if you haven't been to to see it. So, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely the, the stampede. I always go watch the rodeo there. That's always a good time. You think you'll make it up this year? To mm, I'm not sure. Maybe no. maybe for a day or two, just bring a little one and yeah, we'll check things out. We'll yeah, see. I know it's. A, I didn't. I haven't been to the stampede until I was like 20. So it was pretty cool to, at 20 to come in and see what it's all about. But that's, oh, that's awesome. Up stampede. So in terms of golf in Europe, uh, is there any, what, have you played any awesome courses over there or any um, world-renowned yeah, well, ones? Uh, well, I was in Nitra for five years, like I said. Uh, but there was a few golf courses. Well, there was one really close and then one yeah. maybe an hour away. We would play, me and Yellow, at the end of the year, played a lot. Did you? We probably played 10, 15 times before we came back home and our game was nice and tight when we got home. So that was nice, but um, yeah, but golfing's not as big as, as it is oh, here. Yeah. But this year I heard we get free golf at a golf course locally. Oh, yeah, so there you go. Pumped about that. <laughs> no shit. Well, yeah, I saw Orban uh, a couple of weeks ago. He got his like Canadian PGA card, yeah. uh, shot at 69 too. So I'm something sure that you could probably dial that in when, when the time comes. Yeah, he, he we I've been talking to him about that and um, you know props to him. That's that's amazing. yeah, it's incredible. Good good for him and uh, so yeah, that's definitely something I'm uh, interested in for sure. Would you like like clubhouse management or being a golf pro is something that is, is yeah. on your radar? Well, lately in the past few years I've been like kind of uh, you know researching the swing and all that stuff. So just kind of figuring that stuff out so I wouldn't, wouldn't mind something like that, you know. Yeah, well, it's a skill that every hockey player wants. Yeah, yeah. Be able to play hockey for sure. So, uh, is there anything you want to impart your wisdom on in terms of uh, athletic development? Like, in, like for your personal experience, uh, multi sports is probably a big piece of your development. Um, do you see anything that uh, you would kind of recommend and provide guidance to the next generation of athletes? Well, I mean, these yeah, these days it's um, kids are so you know far more advanced than I was at that age where yep. they had more information on, you know, the internet and whatever, but not about, you know, diet, nutrition, um, working out and stuff like that. And I, I've picked it up along my way, along the way. And 
now that I'm 34, I just, I try to stick to a, um, you know, healthier living, um, working out as much as I can, keeping that energy high, you know, keeping the brain, you know, working. That's, that's always important. Have you had a chance to try different diets and um, different, like, I guess, methods of living just and try to get to maximize your uh, results? And can you speak on that a little bit? I, I guess it's kind of uh, like these past few years, my body has taken a, a beating and I feel it, you know, in my knees and back, but it's, um, you know, it's just, I just try not to eat so much sugar and, uh, yeah. you know, and then, but there are like, I'm not completely religious on eating healthy all the time. I, yeah. I love burgers, you know, I love my beers every now and then, but it's just um, finding a, finding, uh, you know, the right, right amount. Yeah. It's, it's just that balance. Like you said, you're 34 years old now. So heavy training in the summer is probably not necessarily on your radar. Yeah. Um, you, need, you need your rest for sure. Yeah. So what, uh, how do you find that balance between training and, uh, in the diet and the off season? And what is a typical off season like for you? It's about four months between uh, seasons. Um, it's this year, it's, it's going to be about three months. So yep. it's, it's not much time home. So I just got to, you know, I got to squeeze everything in, um, family, friends, golf, uh, working out. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not as much as the, you know, typical person, but, yeah. um, yeah, I just try to, um, you know, work out when I can and just really listen to my body. Cause you For know, sure. when, you, when you feel something's wrong, you, you feel it and you just gotta, you know, rest it up and take everybody. Did you work out? Do you have a trainer in Lethbridge or is it you just kind of do it on well, your own? Uh, um, I've, I've been working out for the past five years with my buddy, Caleb Thunderchief. He has his own yeah, gym, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. the strength camp. Yeah. It's a little different, but um, like he, he works, he works. It's not solely just what his, his um, like system is. He works with me and, and hockey players. He's a really smart guy. He, you know, he knows his shit. So um, yeah. for the past five years, he's, you know, He's, uh, he's helped me a lot. Sure. What's, what's his background? So he was a little bit younger than you and I, I guess, eh? and he played the dub himself. And then now I didn't realize he was a, a trainer in Lethbridge. So that's pretty awesome. Um, he, no, I don't, he played, uh, he played major junior. Okay. He was, yeah. He was a scrappy, scrappy guy who, you know, got the job done. And then just um, after his, after his uh, junior year was over, he, I think he went to uh, university. Yep. And then just took up nutrition and, uh, you know, wanted to become a, uh, have his own gym. And he's, That's he's awesome. Doing, yeah, he's doing great right now. What's the uh, gym called? Is it, it's in base in Lethbridge? Yeah. It's, um, it's strength camp, strength camp. Yeah. Alberta. And it's like, it's his own, um, it's his own gym, but I think it's part of a, like a, a chain. Yeah. Franchise. Yeah. Franchise. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's doing well. Yeah, it's great to see. And like, that, that's the, you need guys like that to stay in Lethbridge to help, you know, develop that next generation of people. So, uh, and it's great to have, I'm sure he loves when you, you come to the gym to work out with him. So that's awesome. Well, Judd, yeah, I mean, uh, is, if there's anything else you think uh, is worthy of helping with athletic development and. Um, oh, I had so many things on my mind. I just can't, you know, put them, yeah, put them out there. Um, but yeah, uh, no, it was, it was, it was great. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Do you think golf and hockey is something that uh, is perfectly paired to each other? Like, obviously, there's a lot of differences, but just the skill level of the feel and understanding of how the game works. Uh, do you find any similarities between that? 
Yeah, I think it's when you like, just like in hockey, when you, 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 you train and you prepare yourself to do certain things on the ice. And when you're uncomfortable in the gym, you feel it, yeah. you, you feel it working. So when you do a, a great play, it's, it doesn't come easy. It's intense. It's hard. Yeah. And you feel that. And that's, it's, it's all preparation. And, um, you just have to, uh, you know, execute. Well, I'm glad I, I had you on here. We can talk about this. Cause, uh, like for me, golf is, I don't, I've never really understood how to necessarily play the game. I, I had a, a couple lessons to swing and all that kind of stuff, but it never understood like the dynamics of actually playing. So in your mind, what is, uh, what goes into preparing for a, a course like paradise that you've played numerous times? And is it like a, like, how do you, how do you set yourself up for success in golf? Well, I, myself, when you're, when you're golfing, your, you, your mind's always, it's always working. It's always, you're always thinking of your next shot. You're always thinking of, even when I'm driving the car and I'm like, okay, where do I park the car, you know, in the right place? And you're always thinking of the fastest way to get through the round, but also the most efficient way to, to score yeah. and to place the ball where you want it and to get the best results. So it's, it's four hours of concentration pretty much. And once you, you know, you lose that for a little bit, that's when your game goes to shit. And yeah. um, I, I play with my buddies all the time and they're like, you know, they're talking the entire time. I'm just like, and I'm thinking about the next shot and I'm like trying to balance that out without being a weirdo, you know? Yeah. How, how do you, uh, how do you bounce back after a bad shot like that? And is there an example of times that you've been able to rebound within that 18 hole stretch? Oh de yeah, definitely. Um, you just gotta, you gotta try to forget about it, but yeah. you definitely dwell on it. You get mad, but then you're over it and you try to make birdie or yeah, you know, stop bleeding. What's the uh, strategy on the green? That's another big area that I need to work on. Like, how do you go about reading putts? Like, what is what goes into that? Well, you just got to find the um, the. It's all it's all feel. It's like throwing a ball. You know, you yeah. know the the distance you need. You just playing all these years. You just kind of know that you got to find the the breaking point and try to hit it to there and yeah. let it. It's. Uh, <laughs> I go on all day, but it's, yeah, it's, it just comes a little easier for someone who's played the game a lot longer. So Yeah. Like in terms of reading the green, like, what do you, what would you look at as you're walking up to the, to the ball on the green? Like well, what kind of, what goes through your mind in that sense? Okay. So you, you get back behind the putt, you see, you see it breaking one way, but you, but then if you look at it from a different angle, it might be, look, like the putt is uh, breaking a different way from a different angle. So you gotta, you gotta look around and look at your surroundings. And what I do is I look behind the putt. If I'm not sure about which way it's breaking, I go to a different angle or behind the hole, look there. And, uh, and then if I figure out, I just visualize. Yeah. What, you know, you want the putt going in. So you, you see the break, you look at where you want it, where you think it's going to break, you hit it to that area and just try to find your, the right speed. Yeah. The speed is the hardest part. Like hitting to the breaking point is one thing, but just if you hit it too hard or too soft, it might not even get there or blow through it. So you're looking at a three putt bogey, no matter what. I know it's crazy seeing, and like, these are, you know, these are easy greens yeah. um, everywhere we play locally around here. And you see the guys on tour and the stuff that they do is just, it's just like, it's crazy. 
yeah they're you know their putts are breaking three times and on greens like glass and it's it's hard to it's hard to think about you know how how much time and uh, effort they put in yeah the consistency it's incredible what those guys are doing have you played any like tpc courses and shot pretty good and being like fuck i could take make a stab at the pga if i can um when i was in, when i played in vegas for a couple of years i played a few uh few tough courses down there but never never like a, a really really solid course to where i'm yeah. like you know maybe maybe i could uh take a run but there there has have been a few times where i go really low and my game is just on and you feel it feel the ball coming off the right groove every shot and you're just like wow like why am i doing this for a living and you know i feel like that but that's the crazy thing about golf is you're on one day and the next day you're just yeah so yeah you gotta you wanna be motivated to come back that's the hardest part is just keeping it fun so what are some of the big tur- tournament wins that you you have had besides just uh the men's club championship. Did you win any, like a lot of youth tournaments growing up? Yeah. Well, um, back in the day, I think, uh, I was 16. I won a future links tournament and that back then it was, it was a big deal. That was, yeah, uh, yeah. I know there was always like, uh, there was always, um, NCAA, uh, golf, you know, opportunity back then, if you win one of those and, and I won one of those. And I remember that week I was just, I was just on, I couldn't, couldn't miss. And then, and then Canadians would play Canadians three years in a row. And I, my last year I finished uh, top uh, just outside of top 20. So <clears throat> like that was, that was huge for me. Yeah. Well, I saw some guy in the U S he signed with like Christian something university, 39 year old rookie uh, golfer barstool just signed him as an athlete, really? but he spent, yeah, he spent time in uh, overseas in, in the military, I think. Uh, but now he's, a freshman going into school so i mean that that door is still wide open for you if, if you want to go down that cool yeah i mean i don't know what the, the process to go into it but if you're shooting that i mean there's probably schools out there looking for for guys like yourself so yeah like, well definitely like when, when i get back in the summertime i only have a few months to to play golf right. and i'm not you know completely dialed in all the time i'm usually golf with my buddies yeah not much time to practice so you know maybe after uh my career is over. Golf would be, you know, right something there. looking to. Have you played any Calgary courses? I have. Um, yeah. Which ones do you enjoy the most? I played Heritage Point a few weeks ago, and that was amazing. Yeah, that's um, a nice. Did you play Heritage and Point? No, or did you I play played, up in the desert. Yeah, I played. I played Heritage, or no, I played Point and the one on top. Yeah. So I have to play the, the other one. I think heritage. Have you had a chance to play blue devil yet? No, I haven't. No, that's a good track. That's one of those ones that's like designed for a tournament. I think where you have to hit golf shots and mm-hmm. traps everywhere. It's pretty wide open now just cause there's no trees, but that's probably one of my favorite courses in, in Calgary. I'd say blue devil. Oh, yeah. But it, or uh, Sirocco. Yeah. Another one, uh, another one of my favorite courses up there was uh, country hills. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Canadians there Canadians was there one year when I was 17 and played that track and it was, it was amazing. Did you have to like pay to get into those tournaments or was it something that you qualified for? Yeah, it was something you qualified for. There would be provincials. You play good enough there. You make, uh, back then it was top eight. Yeah. Would be on a team, a team and a B team. And you would go there and compete against other, uh, other provinces. How's yellow at golf? Is he kind of right up there with you? Yellow is the most improved golfer 
awesome. The last three years. He shot 70 last summer in uh, Paradise. No way. Yeah. I was like, we well, that was our goal at the start of the year. We're like, we're getting you below par. Yeah. Whatever we say. And he's like, all right. And sure enough. He, uh, what was he, what was he like shooting beforehand? He was, he was anywhere between uh, like his good round would be 75, 76, but then he yeah. would get to like 81, 82 kind of thing. So he's yeah. solid before that. Definitely too. But we just know he has, he's capable of shooting. Yeah. Fuck. I got to come golf with you guys. Cause I'm 84 ish or something like that, but I, the three yeah, putt bogey yeah. is insane to me. It happens every like probably 10 times around. I'm three putt bogey. So that's why the, the putting is right up there with what I got to work on. So, well, uh, yeah, well, Judd, yeah, but again, appreciate you joining the, uh, taking the time to join me. And um, it's great seeing it. I haven't seen it in fuck, it's been years. So, yeah, it's glad to, you. yeah, it's glad to catch up with you and really Pretty thoroughly enjoying your, gone. yeah, and you're joining your uh, professional career. So, you got a good looking family and keep, keep doing uh, the great things. Thank you. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Take, take care, Judd. Talk soon. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. -bye.